Is your marriage in chaos? If we're honest, there are moments when we all feel like our life and even our marriages are out of control. Today, Pastor Matthew shares with us some moments in his life and his marriage that he felt like were moments that are out of control. Your life may very well be in chaos, but if God can create something beautiful out of something dark and chaotic before, he can surely recreate something beautiful in your life and your marriage again today. Take a listen and accept the challenge. Well, good morning, church. Oh, man, I love being in the house of the Lord. I love getting to engage God's Word with you. Thank you for choosing to come be with us today. If you're online, thanks for tuning in. As we are in week two of our marriage series entitled Behind Closed Doors. Behind Closed Doors. I don't know what you think about me. Um, I don't know. When you see me out around town, when you see me in uh, flip-flops and jogging pants and ripped up t-shirts, if you think my life is a train wreck, if I've got it somewhat together, I I don't know when you see my kids around town because the reality is most of the time when I share stories about my kids, it's some silly story. They love it, by the way. Because every time I talk about them, they get free ice cream, and so they like for me to talk about them. I don't know if you think they're wild and crazy, a handful. If you do, that would be right in many occasions. Uh, I don't know how you think about my marriage. But I do want you to understand this. Behind closed doors, my life is and can be extremely chaotic. Um, we're in our marriage series, so I thought I would tell you about when Allison and I um, met and how that went. Um, I was living in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, I was working at a church, and, and I wanted to be married so bad. I was about 28 years old, and I remember having a conversation with my secretary there in the office that I wanted to be married, but I didn't necessarily want to date anyone in the church because I knew me and my tendencies. I knew I would blow this and I'd end up getting fired. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a dude. So, um, so I was like, I, gotta, I want to be married, but I can't date anybody here. And she's like, I got the perfect girl for you. And I said, tell me more. She said, I was roommates with her at Oklahoma State University, which I didn't care. Um, and, but she said, you, you've got to meet her. And I said, well, I want to. And um, I was nervous because, to be real with you, I didn't want to meet her and not like her. You know what I'm saying? So this is what you do if you're, if you're old and you don't know how it worked when you're, I'm 43, okay, if you don't know how it worked when my age was getting married, this is how it worked. You would go on something called MySpace, okay, <laughs> and this is, what, this is how you knew if they were going to be real for you or not, okay. First of all, it was what is the song that was playing when you, when you got to their profile page, because I was going to tell you a lot right there, okay. And, and, then, and then you could see what they look like. Now, and both of those, just to be real, for me was important. I needed to be attracted to her. You know what I'm saying? And so I got online and, and, and I began, I was like, this girl's going to work for me. So I began to message her. I, I slid in her DMs. Hello? And I began to message her like, you know, what's up, girl? Like, my, my, you know, my secretary told me I should holler at you. And so I'm hollering at you. Like, 
And we started a, a conversation a couple months, right? And then it came time, it was about this time, again, in 2008, or 2009 now. And, um, and it was the NFC Championship game, okay? And so I was texting her because she had given me her number. And, and I said, let me, you know, girl, I need to call you. I need to hear your voice. You know what I mean? And she said, this is what she said. She said, uh, can you wait till after the NFC Championship game? And I was like, what? She's like, I'm watching Brett Favre play right now. And uh, I knew she was something special. <laughs> so February 15th rolls around of 2009. And uh, she finally makes her way to Tennessee, she was living in uh, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma at the time, and uh, it was going to be time for our hot date. We were going to double date with this couple, and uh, we decided to go to a restaurant called J. Alexander's. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's there in Nashville, and then we were going to go bowling, and uh, I'll never forget. I was, you know, I wanted to be like cool and smooth, but I didn't want to like, like be suffocating her, you know what I'm saying, because I wanted it to continue to go well, because she's going to be there for a couple days, and so I was sitting about right here, if she was where the table is, I was sitting about right here, and I kind of blew it, I should have been a little bit closer, because as I was sitting here, kind of watching her, checking her out, while my buddy went to get us a table, uh, this other dude walks up to her, and this is, I kid you not, this is what he said, hey baby, you lonely? And I was like, hold up, <laughs> she is not. But I knew right then I needed to wife that girl up. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> and so from when we met to when we got married was 10 months. We have five kids, 11, 9, 7, and twins that are four. Um, our life, dare I say, can be chaotic. Um, about last year, uh, my mom moved to Oklahoma in our neighborhood to help us because every time she called our house, uh, my kids would ask her, to pray for Allison's six kids, and she found out that they were referring to me as the sixth one. And so, so she knew she needed to come and help me keep my marriage together. Uh, and I'm so thankful that she did. Um, here, here's the title of this morning's message, Chaotic Tendencies. Chaotic Tendencies. I don't know about your marriage, I don't know about your life, but I do, here, here's what I do know. The more you add to it, the more chaotic it can become. Okay, chaotic tendencies, because we're in a marriage series, let me just tell you uh, the truth that we're going to kind of see unravel for us today, is our marriage can be in order even when our life is in chaos. Our marriage can be in order even when our life is in chaos. Before I pray and we dig in, let me just say this to us. God designed marriage to have order and with a priority. Listen to me very carefully. God designed marriage to have order and with a priority. Not only did he define the marriage relationship, what we can see in Genesis chapter 2, but he showed us that the order and priority, listen to me very carefully, doesn't change even when other things are added to it. Are you with me? And the difficulty in many of our marriages is, is that we love our spouse... But when things start being added to our relationship, if we're not careful, we can get out of order and therefore chaos begins. And so as we look to God's word today, or again, we're talking about order, we're talking about chaos, 
And we're talking about marriage. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.33 says this, God is not a God of disorder. So let me just say this for you today. If your life is uh, chaotic, if you would say that your life is not in order, if it's in dark places, listen to me, that is not God's design. And he has a word for you and he can draw things so that even though things may be difficult and bad, through the love and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ, it can be Good. Let me pray for us and we're going to look to God's word. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thanks for this time, this day, for your word. God, marriage can be so hard, but Lord, it can still be good. And so God, as we look to your word in Genesis chapter 1, Lord, would you just speak very, very loudly. Would our spirit shriek at anything that's not of you? And Lord God, would our Would we be attuned to your voice? You tell us that your children hear your voice. And so, God, may we hear you. May it change our life today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Um, I think you guys know this, but our church has a Bible reading plan. We started this at the beginning of the year. We're reading through the Old Testament. We've been and we started in the book of Genesis. Now, if your life is like mine at all, as the more chaotic life gets, the more stuff that you have to put on your plate, uh, I hate to tell you this, this is just real, the more I can find myself reading God's word to get it read, not to get a word. Are you with what I'm saying? I want to be in God's word, and so I'm going to read God's word. But if I'm not careful, I can find myself reading very, very fast through it to get it done with. And that's not why we have God's word, not to get it over with, but to get a life-changing word from it. And so if you're like me, and maybe you have read a little too fast and didn't slow down to hear all the small intricacies of God's word and how it applies to our life and our marriage, I want us to start all over this morning and go back to Genesis chapter 1 to see maybe what we miss that has large significance for us today. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be looking at three verses, verses 1 through 3. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. If you have your Bible, electronic Bible equivalent, you can turn and follow along with us there. But this is how Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 begins. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, you guys know how I preach. I look at God's Word. And we kind of talk through a little bit. We go back to God's word and talk through a little bit more. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created. Now let me just make sure we're on the same page and listen to me again. In the beginning, before anything and everything, there was God. Are you with me? And God began to create. What he began to create is what theologians call God's original design. Are you with me? As God began to create, what he began to create is what theologians call God's original design. We could even say his intent for creation. But it's important that in verse 1, you see this extremely important, life-changing, marriage-altering principle. It all starts with God. It all starts with God. The scripture literally says, in the beginning, God. Um, and here's why this is so important for us. And you may be thinking, well, I'm single. Well, hold on. Listen why it's so important for you. If God is not in the right place in your life, then nothing else will be either because life is designed for God to be first. If God is not in the right place, and where, where is his right place? In the beginning. If he's not first in your life, then nothing else will be either. Because listen to me very carefully. God was designed to be 
first. And here's why this is so important. Everything after what you place first in your life is a byproduct of what you place first. You hear me? Um, If God is first in our lives, then everything that follows is from him. If we are first in our life, then everything that follows is from us. How about this? If you got kids, if your kids are first in your life, then everything that follows is from them. And so the question becomes, do you want your life to be what you created or do you want it to be what God created? Do you want your life and your home to be what your children create or what God creates? Do you want your marriage to be what you too, you and your wife create, or do you want it to be what God creates? How you answer that question shows us what we need to place first, because I'm going to say it to you again. What you experience in your life is the byproduct and the result of what you place first in your life. In the beginning was God. And everything that followed in the creation story was a byproduct of what God desired and intended. So what did he create? Well, he created the heavens and the earth. Now, I don't know if this is true for you. Let me just tell you a little bit about me and how I read scripture and how I think about scripture. When I hear, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, my natural instinct, the way I think, is that the very next verse would say, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Are you guys with me? I mean, God created the heavens and the earth, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. But that's not what God's word says, and that's why we need to slow down. Because what the next verse is, verse 2 says this, the earth was formless and void, And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. I want to read again because I don't want us to miss what God is saying. The earth was formless and void. And darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. To get a clear picture of what that initial creation looked like, it looked like this. It was formless and void and darkness covered. In other words, listen to me again, things were very dark and things were very chaotic. And again, if you're like me, you may be thinking, well, that's a little bit odd for that to be kind of how God is sharing us and what he's sharing with us in his word. But if you really think about it and listen, in relation to life and marriage, it begins to be very significant to how we understand life at all. Because listen to me, when God created the world, he did it by starting with the formless void. Some translations again, call it chaos. And then he shaped it with his word. Again, he started with chaos. Listen to me again. He started with chaos and by his word, he began to shape it till it was good. Are you with me? He started with chaos and by his word, he began to shape it till it was good. And this is what I need you to understand for your life and for your marriage. If God can create the world out of chaos and call it good, then surely he can create something good of your world. I want you, I want to, I want you to hear me again. If God can create the world, and say it's good, then surely he can create something good out of your world. And he did it with this word. With this word. Um, the word brings order out of chaos. Okay? The word brings order out of chaos. 
And you may be thinking, well, how does that apply to my life? Well, just like creation, our lives can be formless, void, dark, and chaotic until God's word comes in to bring life in order. Are you with me? How many of you believe the word brings order out of chaos? How many of you believe that? Some of you do. Some of y'all don't know. That's fine. But listen, if you believe it, it's true, by the way, it's true. Some of y'all that are confused, it's true. The word brings order out of chaos. Just read God's Bible, open up your mind and your eyes, you'll see it. Okay? But if that's true, then the opposite of that is also true. Listen to me. When God's word departs, things descend back into chaos. Are y'all with me? If the word brings order out of chaos, then the opposite of that is also true. When God's word departs, things descend back into chaos. And we see this all throughout God's word in scripture. I'm going to tell you just two places. The first is Exodus chapter 7 through 12. Okay, this is the story of... uh, Moses and the Pharaoh and the plagues, okay? And and if you remember, Moses brings a word uh, directly from God to Pharaoh. Are you with me? And Pharaoh rejects God's word. And then what happens is the plagues begin to form. And if we're not careful, when we just glance at this, we can think this is all about random cosmic punishment. But But what I want you to see is it actually follows a pattern of creation unraveling. Now turns to blood, which destroys the ecosystem. Out of the Nile comes frogs. From the dead frogs come gnats. And then from the gnats comes disease. An unraveling of creation. When God's word is rejected, goodness becomes terror. Order back into chaos. And you may say, well, I need a more practical example. Okay, well, here's an example. When I was in high school, I knew God's word said to honor my father and my mother. But I wanted to be the bull in the house. You hear what I'm saying? But according to God's word, that was my dad. And the more I rejected God's word and wanted things how I wanted and not how God's word said, the more terror began to be lived out. And some of you know what that's like because you've got kids at home that are a terror. It's not because you don't love them. Listen to me. It's because they have rejected God's word for their life. Luke 10, 38 through 42. This is the story of Mary and Martha and Jesus. Um, Jesus goes to the house of Mary and um, she's with Jesus sitting at his feet and, and making Jesus her first priority. Remember the story? Meanwhile, Martha's in the kitchen, you know what I mean? And she's uh, cleaning dishes, I guess. I don't know what she's doing in there. She's cooking cookies or maybe, you know, something delicious like a steak and baked potato and salad. You know what I mean? I don't know. But, but I do know, I do know that, that Mary's at the feet of Jesus. Martha's not there. And Martha's overwhelmed. She's frantic. She's full of anxiety. Eventually, Jesus looks to him like, girl, you got to come in here. You're wearing me out. And she sat down at Jesus' feet. And although she was initially full of anxiety, she then became full of peace. And we see this in God's word. When God is in our focus, peace is replaced with anxiety. <laughs> Order back into chaos. You may say, well, well, tell me another example of how does that work? Well, it looks like this. About eight years ago, um, I had quit my job. I was a senior pastor in uh, North Carolina. I quit my job. And my, my wife and I and a couple of our kids, we moved back in with my parents. 
And so imagine, again, a, a man, a grown man with his kids and wife moving back at home. He's not saying, I don't love my parents. I do. But I'm just saying it wasn't ideal. <laughs> right? It was hard. And there was a lot of, we didn't know all was going to take place. There's a lot of unrest in our lives over what was next, a lot of unknown. And, and in that season of unknown, my wife began to have extremely fast-paced heartbeats. I'll say that, sort of like that, okay? Panic attacks. And we found ourselves in the ER, ER several times. And then I got a job at a church in Mississippi called Pine Lake. And on the staff that I worked with, there was a, a lady named Tere that who had also battled with panic attacks and f- full of anxiety. And she began to teach me and my wife how when we are scared of the unknown and how we are afraid of all that's taking place, we can pull up a seat and look to God's word and he will still our hearts, our racing hearts. And I remember in that season I learned it was my wife was going through all this high anxiety, how to sit with my wife, and we began to pray together, memorize scripture together, and focus on God's word together. And in the midst of all of the craziness that would take place, it's crazy, I'm just being real, is that as although we would have said that time was very chaotic as we focused in on God's word and we made Jesus our priority, how all of a sudden our anxiety, her anxiety, her panic attacks would become peaceful. Um, order would go to chaos and as we focus on God's word chaos would go back into order here's what I need you to understand sin and rebellion to God's word listen to me very carefully tears God's original design for our lives apart at the seams and you may be thinking well what tell me again just kind of clarify what God's original design is well let's think back to Adam and Eve what do we know is prevalent of Adam and Eve well uh, they had an incredible relationship they had no shame. Are you guys with me? They had no guilt. Um, they were vulnerable with one another. They walked around naked in the house. Hello. <laughs> they had a great relationship with the Lord. Sin entered the picture. They were no longer really vulnerable. They needed to cover some things up. They felt like they needed to hide. The relationship with the Lord was changed. You see what I'm Order into chaos. Goodness into terror. Um, maybe, maybe this will help clarify. Listen, the word of God creates, sin decreates. The word of God creates and sin decreates. The reason some of our lives are so messed up isn't because God is not good. But because the sin in our lives and that's prevalent in our homes has worked to decreate what God in his love for us has worked to create. Do you know why your marriage is jacked up? Because the Lord God is not your first priority. I'm just being real. That's why. That is why. And I just think I need to say this to some of you. The reason we have a problem with sin... Is because instead of removing it, we try to manage it. And you cannot manage sin. And maybe you don't know this, but Jesus didn't come so we could learn to be sin managers. He came to show us that it is possible for us to rid it from our life. 
and to live in the freedom that only he can give. You know, and I found, let me say this. Unless we are willing to proactively attack sin and simultaneously pursue Jesus, we will never live God's design for our lives. Man, I need you to listen up. Unless you are willing to proactively attack sin and simultaneously pursue Jesus, you will never live how God designed for you to live. In your marriage, unless you are willing to proactively attack the sin in your house and simultaneously pursue Jesus, your marriage will never be what God intended for it to be. I don't care how much you wish it to be true or hope it to be true. You cannot have what God intended apart from his word. Because the word creates. And if it's not there, you create. And I'm going to be real with you. The reason you need Jesus is because of you. You're welcome. (laughs) Now let me show you how this practically looks. Uh, Genesis 2, 24. The scripture says, A man will leave his father and mother and will hold fast to his wife. They shall become one flesh. That is God's intention. That's God's original design. That's pick number one. We got that up here? Perfect. Okay. But let me show you what this looks like. Let me show you what the lack of sin and, or the, what sin and the lack of God's word does. It decreates what God has joined together. What was once like this now becomes like this. This is what happens in a marriage as sin is a part of it and the word isn't a part of it. The presence of sin is evidenced by the lack of God's word. And it always results, listen to me very carefully, in division and separation. And if we aren't careful, what we, this will be exactly where our relationships are. Divided, disconnected, and distant. Not because you don't love your spouse, Because the reality is, and I think some of you know this, is that you can be in the same house and not be together. You can love your spouse and still be distant. You can still be married, but living more like roommates. You know how I know that to be true? Because that's also my story. And for those of you that that's true for your marriage, you love each other. You just know in your heart, this is not what God intended. Then there's good news. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God said it's so important. (laughs) It's because of God's word that things fall into order. You know, God can bring light and good. Listen to me. He can bring order and good out of the darkest, most sinful places. And I want you to hear me say, and he can do that for your marriage. He can do it for your marriage. The problems we often face as Christians as we understand that the Bible is God's word and intervene in the life of the people then, but we wonder how God's word can intervene in our marriages now. And I just want to say this to you is God's word is not just found in scripture. It's also found and made manifest in the person of Jesus Christ. And that's why John starts his gospel off and he says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. By the time he gets to verse 14, he says this, and the word became flesh and dwelled among us in the person of Jesus. 
John shows us that not only in the beginning did, did the word bring order out of chaos, but he shows us through the person of Jesus that he can do the same thing over and over and over again. Because if you think about it, everything Jesus did was bring back into order what was chaotic. Because, I mean, he healed diseases. He opened the eyes of the blind. He made the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dead come to life. He told hurricanes to sit down and shut up, and they listened. He, he restored, how about this, adulterers, murderers, thieves. He drew them in for intimate relationship and transformed the impure and the shameful into pillars of character and virtue. Listen to me, church family. I just need you, this is so important. Wherever sin has brought chaos and left a dark void in your world and marriage, listen to me very carefully. Jesus offers hope, life, and healing for you. So I've got a question I got a question. Is your life being unraveled by sin? Are you in a dark place? Is your marriage, how about this? Do you think, just be real, is your marriage exactly what you believe God intended? I'm not asking you, do you love your spouse or not? If you're married, I'm hoping the answer is you do. But is it really what God intended? Are you living that out? Your life can be chaotic. Listen to me very, but your marriage can still be in order. And it all comes back to God's word. You know, by the time I get home from work, my natural kind of default is I just want to sit down and check out and relax. Um, I want to go to bed early. I want to be served dinner. That's my default. That's what's comfortable for me. But that's not good for my marriage. And my life, show up, pick two, two again. And if I'm not careful, as much as I love my wife, Allison, who's right down here, this can be what becomes of our marriage. Listen, out of my passivity. And if you're not working intentionally in your marriage, this is what your marriage will be, if it's not already. But you know what I love about God's word? Is this is not where God wants to leave us. He wants us to draw us together. Show us, pick three. And if we'll pursue him, and if we will pursue his word, then although life may have drawn us apart, Although may we feel disconnected and distant by the power of the word of God and by the goodness of Jesus, we can be made whole and brought together and things can be good even when life is chaotic. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we do love you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for your goodness that, Lord, even, God, marriage can be so good, but it is also so hard. And, Lord, I know that in a group this size that, Lord, if we were honest with one another, some of our marriages are more like roommate situations than anything else. But, Lord, I know and I believe that that's not your intention for us. Your intention is for something so far greater and so much better than we can ever think, dream, or imagine. And so God, I pray right now by the power of the Holy Spirit 
that you would just give us the boldness and the courage and the desire to pursue you in greater ways than any, any time we've ever had maybe in our entire life because we believe, we trust that, Lord, you can bring order out of chaos. You can bring light to our dark places. Lord, you can mend the brokenness that our marriages can find themselves in. And so, God, would you do that now? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church family. Hey, thanks for joining us at The Road. If you'd like more information about things going on at Choctaw Road Baptist Church, visit us at theroad.tv or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash theroadcrbc. Have a great week.